Business news now. Kotaku Hoya in Nayane, Nona Peltier, who joins us in the studio. Nona, this is interesting. Increasing demand for low carb and low or no alcohol beer is growing at a rapid rate. What are the numbers? Yeah, so the uh, numbers have grown, believe it or not, 750% since 2019. So I guess over the COVID years, people decided that it would be better to drink, but no alcohol or low alcohol. Uh, so, yeah, interesting development. Now, the thing about these beers, these zero beers, is that they aren't necessarily cheaper than uh, full uh, alcohol beers. And that's because uh, the process to make them is really the same as making a regular beer. And then you have to kind of remake the beer by extracting the alcohol to make it uh, a no-alcohol beer. So it, it, they're premium beers. They're expensive. They're not cheap. But uh, So the market itself, uh, beer sales are worth $3.3 billion in the year to September. All beer sales? Yeah, yeah. the okay. whole year, $3.3 billion. So people are still drinking beer, even though um, the population has changed and the mix of drinks that people are drinking, for example... Uh, high alcohol premium beers are still really popular and growing in popularity. So I guess it's that mid-market, run-of-the-mill type of beer that people have kind of moved away from. They're, if you are drinking alcohol, you're probably drinking a premium beer with perhaps high alcohol content. Or you're drinking a beer, but you have the zero. Uh, and it's interesting because uh, recently the Health Canada put out new guidelines for drinking. So they used to say 10 drinks per week for women. 15 drinks per week for men. And now they're saying two drinks per week, man or woman, and please don't drink at all for your health. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And, and I'm wondering whether people are choosing this type of beer because they want minus the alcohol. There'll be other people who are on certain fitness regimes and following different diets where they will be wanting low carb. Let us know. Do you drink this stuff? Does it taste the same as the others? And why are you choosing it? 2101 on text. Um, insurers. Okay. Word of the day. They're working fast as they can yeah. apparently to help customers affected by the recent floods. What is the latest that you've got, Nona? So, well, we had some numbers and they haven't really changed. Um, the biggest insurers were, the claims were more than 12,000 last count. Uh, today we heard from Tower Insurance. They've settled 11 claims. They're saying they're working as fast as they can. They have 200, which are currently assessing. These are vehicles. Yes. And there's more than 500 vehicle claims for towers. So we know that there's more than 500 claims overall. They're saying that they've also brought in staff from Fiji to answer calls and uh, to check in with customers, see how they're going. And in addition, they said uh, they've sent out 330,000 text messages to customers and uh, or emails, 369,000 emails, just giving advice on how well, to Well, we've learned this week that communication is very important during a crisis. It certainly is. Um, no, no, market numbers, please. Interesting numbers. So the New Zealand dollar, uh, I just want to start with that, it gained a whole cent against the U.S. overnight, and that's because the U.S. Federal Reserve uh, increased interest rates by only a 25 basis points. That was expected. And then they kind of sort of said, well, maybe, you know, things won't be as bad, and However, they did say that they expect to make many more uh, increases to interest rates, so, but probably smaller ones. That seemed to put a bit of a, an edge on the U.S. dollar. It dropped about a cent, uh, or rather 
uh, a percent rather against the index that it's measured against, and the Kiwi rose by as much. So we are at 65.3 US cents, 91.4 Australian, and 52.7 British pence. The top 50 index, it was really little changed in late trading. I was kind of thinking, are we going to finish with on the plus or down? And in the end, there was a rally about a half a percent up, a uh, 61-point gain to 12,152. That's the highest we've been in almost about a year. So, Keeping you on your toes, Good numbers. Nona. Good numbers. Thank you. Nona Peltier there with Business News. Almost 500 Auckland state houses have suffered flood damage with an unknown number destined for demolition. Some of those badly damaged homes are virtually new, only completed in 2019. Now the agency's investigating the building method used after their foundations failed. Kainga order Auckland Deputy Chief Executive Caroline Butterworth explains the flood damage assessments are still underway. At this stage, while we're still doing assessments, we're aware of approximately 470 properties that have flood damage or some other safety risk associated with them. That, that could be a car or rubbish that's ended up on the back of a property, so not necessarily all flood damaged. What sort of numbers of people are still displaced? At the moment, we've still, well, at the, at the moment, we had the 190 who had moved out of their homes. As I said, many of them have chosen to move place. We've got a relatively small number at the moment who are in a situation of not being able to return to their homes, but we're still establishing numbers as we fan out across the city with our frontline teams. Um, we are looking to certainly rehouse all of our customers affected by the floods. However, this will take some time to work through given the extent of damage to some homes. And we need to find not only um, suitable homes, but suitable homes in the right locations for customers. So the properties that are damaged, are they in particular suburbs? Have you noticed a pattern? Uh, there has definitely been a pattern with this, I mean, as it has been with other residents around Auckland. So people will be aware we've had flooding in West Auckland and uh, what we call Central East. Um, so that is particularly around the Mount Roscoe area and in locations around South Auckland. So Mangere certainly early on and then after Tuesday evenings, Wednesday mornings rain, we had more properties in Takanini and Clendon, Papakura who were affected as well. So the people who've been displaced, and I know it's a kind of all-of-government response and emergency services, what's happening? Where do they go? Where do they live if it's going to be a significant period of time for repairs? Right. So most of the people are kind of order customers at the moment, most are staying with family and friends. Uh, Auckland Emergency Management and Ministry of Social Development are sorting out emergency accommodation for those who can't return to their homes. What we're doing is focusing on repairing our homes and freeing them up for long-term accommodation where a home can't be quickly repaired. Um, we do know that some of the properties, um, particularly in West Auckland, that were completely inundated are likely to be demolitions. But again, we've got technical crews in at the moment establishing that. What about some of your new builds? Because some of them have been extensively damaged, haven't they? Do you know how many? Um, the new builds that we're aware of at the moment, and I suppose we're most concerned about, are the flood damaged new builds in Ventura Street and Mangere. Um, and while there was a record rainfall event created by the extreme flooding in parts of Auckland, those are obviously new homes we'd hope would last for a long time. So we'll be thoroughly investigating why they failed. Yeah, some of them look like they've been in a severe earthquake. I mean, the land around them is all buckled and twisted. Was That's the construction right. good? Did you do the right geotech investigations before choosing those sites? So we think the, the issue that we've got there is possibly a combination of the foundation systems and, and the softer ground among it. But until we've undertaken further assessments, we won't know. Um, we don't have any immediate concerns that this type of problem will occur with other kind of water homes around the city.
So someone has misjudged the site and what it needs in terms of foundations. I think at the moment it was a foundation system that we were trialling and we're going to, we've obviously now got some feedback uh, on uh, that system and we're going to be investigating whether it's a system we want to use again. In terms of the people who've been displaced, you've mentioned that a number of them have gone to stay with family, right? I mean, yes. and that, that's okay in the short term, but it tends to put pressure on people and resources, you know, a lot of people in the same space. Um, so what is the answer to that? Because repairs could be months and months and months. Yes. Well, what we're doing is, I mean, we've been out on the ground at evacuation centres doing welfare checks since Saturday, and we're staying in touch with our customers, and we're absolutely appreciative. It's an incredibly tough situation for them, and as you say, friends and family they might be staying with. Um, We're going to continue to assess what their needs are, including their social financial support needs, and at this stage it's a case of staying in contact preparing our homes as quickly as we can so we can move them back into the home that they came from and making sure that those people who can't return their home have good, suitable long-term accommodation provided to them. Your tenants who are displaced by the flood, will they go to the top of the list in terms of rehoming? We are prioritising people who have had to move um, due to flooding reasons, yes, for rehousing. So, okay, they go to the top of that queue that is what, what at last count was, how many thousand was it, Caroline? Uh, the Ministry of Social Development Register, um, I don't have the Auckland figure at the moment, but the national figure was in the high 20,000s. Right, so the flood displaced people go right to the top of that list. Well, they, they were people who had existing homes and now potentially don't have a home to live in, depending on how, you know, the condition of their home. So yes, we'll be prioritising them. And that was Caroline Butterworth from Kainga Order.